Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn feng shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning feng shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning feng shui with me. guys, welcome to today's episode. Let's talk all about mirrors and feng shui. Hey guys, so I know that one of the big questions is when you start doing feng shui, you see all this stuff about mirrors, where can I put a mirror? Is it bad luck to put a mirror in certain places? What sorts of mirrors can you use? And what is actually superstitions? And what is considered in feng shui? when you're looking at mirrors. So let's kind of touch on some of these topics today. Starting off, let's look at some of the common beliefs about mirrors. And, you know, generally you'll find like a common or generic feng shui like do and don't when it comes to mirrors. So let's kind of start out with that. So a door facing um, a mirror. So when you walk into your house, if you see a mirror right there, is it bad feng shui? Um, Personally, I I kind of say no. Um, A lot of these beliefs and the practices kind of go with a more a western style of feng shui or btb feng shui and so um honestly in my experience i do a little bit more classical feng shui um and so some of this stuff is not taken into consideration however i would say that different practitioners that practice btb style feng shui or a little bit western style feng shui they swear by this stuff and they seem to have a lot of luck with using mirrors for adjustments so with that being said um i do think if you look if you come straight into a house and you startle yourself and it looks like there's like another door in front of you with somebody else coming in i don't think that's probably probably a great energy to come into. And so I don't know if it actually has anything to do with um, quote unquote, like feng shui, especially from a classical point of view. But I would say if it's almost startling to look into a mirror when you enter a space, then I would move the mirror to a different area. This brings me to the point of mirrors in your bedroom. Now, this is one area I don't like to see mirrors. Um, And actually, the mirror itself is okay. So what happens, at least in my understanding of mirrors, is that the mirrors, you know, they reflect sunlight. And so that sunlight is is energy. It's that yang energy. And if you have a mirror that is in your bedroom and maybe it's facing a window and maybe you're getting the sunlight from that area, perhaps you will have a bad night's sleep. You will be unable to sleep. Your sleep will be a little bit restless. So rather than like move the mirror from your bedroom, you could cover it at night. So having your bed also directly facing a mirror is it comes back to kind of that startling thing that I talked about. Um, it's you wake up and you sit up and you see another person. You're like, holy crap. You know, you have you, how many times have you done that? Maybe if you have a dresser with a mirror on it, that reflects your bed. So maybe if you just cover that at night, especially if the mirror is reflecting the sunlight from a window and that is also reflecting onto your bed, that could really give you a, a really restless night's sleep. So co- either cover that mirror or move the dresser where it's not directly reflecting sunlight and it's not directly reflecting your bed. One of the more popular cures in feng shui, especially you find online, and it's really popular with a lot of practitioners, is they like to place a mirror behind 
their their burners in their stove like that backsplash of their stove so it can double the abundance or double the wealth a lot of schools of thought actually believe that the kitchen or the stove is a place that activates wealth and abundance um, me personally i don't love the aesthetic of it and to me the mirror is actually the element of water and to me it's also metal because it has that metallic finish to it so I don't love the combination of fire with metal and water, um, but some people swear by this and they really, you know, like this quote unquote cure that is usually called. One of the things you need to consider also is that your stove, it, you know, back in the day, the stoves used to have real fire to them. And so I don't know if today I still consider a stove a fire element if it doesn't have that real fire element going to it. This is just my opinion. So back in the day, they used to have what was called a wet kitchen and some countries still do it, but it was just like a little place off the side of their house and like a little brick building because they would cook with real fire. And if something were to ever happen, they want to make sure that they could put that fire out quick without it burning their house down. So they would feed their stoves this real fire. And so this, it would be, you know, like a big fire to it, um, you know, and so it was really considered very important back in the day. Nowadays with a lot of people cooking, we have these convection stoves and some people don't cook at all, or maybe they just use a crock pot a lot. So this is one time you you kind of can take it or leave it or kind of interpret it how you, how you would like. Now, if you're one that cooks all the time, you might want to just try it out. I've seen a lot of things that say they are the element of water. Um, however, I would put them more as a yin metal element um, in the original Yijing, in the original trigrams, in the Bagua, the sector that represents what is called marsh or like a shallow pool, to me represents a mirror or reflective surface. And that's the, the Gua, so that would be the West. And to me, that represents a mirror. So that's kind of just in my opinion. And so since it can re represent the element of water, since it's reflective, um, it could also represent the element of yin water, like a puddle. But again, I kind of see that more as that trigram of marsh or that West area, which is that yin metal. Um, so it could represent one of the two. And you really want to take into account the shapes and colors that you're putting with your mirror so since it mirror could be the element of water it could be the element of um, metal you want to put something that's kind of compatible with that so you can put like a triangle like a skinny triangle shape that is more towards the wood you know you could do colors like purples and greens um, if you want to add more of that metal element to it you could do like grays shiny things gold you know gold frames to it or you could do like a round mirror if you wanted to add the element of earth with that, again, the squared shape and colors like oranges and your yellows, kind of those earthy terracotta type colors. Uh, now, if you want some more fire, you could do the element or you could do the red uh, for the fire element and you could do triangle shape mirrors. I've never seen that, but perhaps um, it may be a bunch of little triangle mirrors that could represent the element of fire. Um, and if you wanted to add maybe the element, uh, add some more water to it, you could definitely add like a blue, black, or purple frame to it. And it could be some kind of a wavy shape. Now I would be careful about mirrors that are like distorted. Um, some of them have like that cracked finish to them and it adds kind of like a distorted, like 
retro type of finish to it. Um, so I would caution against that. If you already own one, like you don't have to like throw it away or nothing. <laughs> like if you already own like a mirror that's like, you know, it has that crackle effect on it or, you know, something like that, that maybe you just want to consider, um, you know, what it's reflecting also. So that brings us to our next segment. What is your mirror reflecting? Again, a mirror is supposed to double the energy it reflects. This is some perspectives um, believe that whatever a mirror is reflecting, it's going to double in your life. And so for that sake, please make sure your mirror is not reflecting a lot of clutter. Um, there, there's one, there's some theories, <laughs> and I think this is kind of a funnier one. And I, I, to me, I think it's a superstition, but they say if your bed is reflected in a mirror, that it'll actually invite a third party into your home. Um, so, I mean, unless you want that, <laughs> you know, but again, I don't like the mirrors facing the bed anyway, not for that reason, but because it's just too energetic. I don't believe that it'll lead you to have an affair. You know, there's all these things within feng shui, like, oh, it means you're having an affair. It means your spouse is having an affair or whatever, but. Um, if you have a healthy relationship, we, I mean, to me, you don't have to worry about that because even if the opportunity was to present itself to either you or your partner, I mean, you just know that that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> like that's just not something that happens in a, in a stable marriage. And so... Um, I wouldn't worry about that. So again, looking at the distorted images, looking at if a mirror is broken, you know, out of repair, um, if it's reflecting like dirt, clutter. Um, and again, some schools of thought actually say it can expand the area or they use it to fix mix missing sectors. Speaking of missing sectors, again, there's some schools of thought and they actually call it, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically energy adjustment using mirrors. And so in um, some schools of thought, uh, the theory is that say you're missing um, a corner of your home and that corner is in the West. And so for BTB, that would be what is called your children, your creativity area, and say you're having a problem with, you know, either your children, you're having trouble conceiving. So you might want to take a large mirror and you might want to place it on the west sector of your wall, or it could be the um, the children and creativity area if you're BTB. So you can actually place a mirror there and you can expand the area out to quote unquote correct the area or to um, expand that area, you know, to fix a missing corner or missing sector to the home. Um, with classical feng shui, we don't take this into consideration as much. And we kind of just talk about the fact that you're missing the sector. And um, I, I suppose energetically, you know, that's the thought it could correct. But with classical feng shui, we just go more off towards what is actually physically there. So I'll leave that up to you to decide. But there, again, there's some schools of thought that actually say it, it really works and they swear by it. So, I mean, what do you have to lose by buying a mirror and seeing if it helps improve some things within your life, right? One other thought on using mirrors um, is that you can actually use mirrors when you are not in a command position. So say your desk has to be set up against a wall and your back is to a door. Some schools of thought say you can actually put a mirror in front of you so you can see behind you. And they kind of say that this can correct or quote unquote cure the area if you're not in a commanding position. Now, looking at mirrors to get rid of poison arrows, this is actually a common thing that some practitioners will use. You know, if there is a poison arrow pointing towards the front door, sometimes I'll put out that convex mirror, which is, it looks like a bubble, you know, it kind of, it 
goes out, you know, it looks like a bubble, right? So they'll put a convex mirror there and they'll say that it can quote unquote cure that area. This also has to do with, um, really the, the mirrors are kind of used outside the home with uh, different schools of feng shui. Um, the concave mirror can actually, it's supposed to reflect and um, expand the energy. So if you have the concave mirror and you have something really nice outside, um, you have a good feature or you want to, again, fix those missing corners or the missing sectors to your home, it's said that you can put a convex mirror there to expand that area energetically and to um, also expand that good energy. So uh, that's one way people kind of use the Bagua mirrors. Um, I don't recommend using them within the house. So you're not supposed to use them inside your house. If you're gonna do this within your house, I would actually just use a regular mirror. So one other thing I would avoid when putting mirrors up is mirrors reflecting into mirrors and creating that crazy infinity effect. That is not, good energy the energy is so chaotic and i've actually heard although i've never experienced that when two mirrors reflect each other it can actually create a, an opening for spirit to come through so to me i'm not comfortable looking into those infinity effect in mirrors when they reflect each other um, it feels like a fun house right <laughs> i don't know um, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable to to sit in a space like that for too long. And so for that reason, I don't have any in my home like that. Um, but if this is the case and you can't change that, maybe you can just like cover one up part-time, you know, some people use different some mirrors like that to check like the back of their head when they're doing their hair and whatever, but cover that thing when you're done with it. <laughs> One last thing you want to avoid with mirrors is placing them so high that you can't see in them. Like what use is a mirror if you have it so high up to the ceiling that it's just reflecting like open space, you know? <laughs> the mirrors can be used to make a space feel bigger, but you want to put a mirror in where you can actually use it. So um, I will say, I don't think this probably applies to like mirrors over fireplaces and stuff like that. I have a mirror that I occasionally rotate over my fireplace and I think it's fine. And it does reflect back part of my dining room, you know, so although I can't see through it, maybe I'm calling myself out because I do actually use that mirror as for decorating purposes sometimes. But you don't want to place a mirror within your home that is like real high up to the ceiling or just for some weird decorative purpose like that. You want to make sure you can see in it. Now, I would say this doesn't count if you're using mirrors to correct a space. Like some people use a small little mirrors. Um, maybe they'll use like a small, almost like pocket sized mirror and they'll hang it over a door or something to you know, reflect back energy. So I would say not the small little mirrors, but if you're using a large decorative mirror, don't hang it so high that you can't use it. All right, guys, let's take a little bit of a sponsor break. And after that, I want to do a segment about different superstitions and mirrors. All right, guys, let's talk all about mirrors, myths, and superstitions. Mirrors actually have a very big history 
And they were actually thought of as very like rare back in the day when they were first started being used. They were actually made out of glass. And so they were very like rare, um, beautiful items, you know. And with this rarity also came different beliefs because it was actually reflecting the person back to themselves. Mirrors were often used for different things like scrying or contacting deceased relatives, which I want to get into in just a second. But first, I'm going to read um, from twowaymirrors.com an article entitled Mirror Myths and Superstitions. I'll link to that in the show notes. Have you ever wondered if mirrors cause bad luck? In this guide, we expose the top mirror myths and superstitions ranging from Bloody Mary to broken mirrors. Does breaking a mirror really cause seven years of bad luck? And does chanting Bloody Mary into the mirror summon ghosts? These aren't the only mirror myths floating around in time and space. In this guide, we provide helpful tips on how to avoid and reverse any bad luck you may have encountered. First, we have Bloody Mary, a dangerous game of truth or dare. This game, Truth or Dare, has been around for some time, but have you ever dared to summon a ghost? This folklore ritual claims that if you light a candle in a dimly lit room and chant Bloody Mary three times into a mirror, you will see a woman dripping in blood in the reflection. Legend says she may scream at you or even reach through the mirror and wrap her cold hands around her throat. Some may even say that she can escape from the mirror and come after you. So I remember as a child, my sister turning the light off in our downstairs bathroom and telling me, say Bloody Mary in the mirror. And I was so scared that I did not do it. <laughs> and to this day, I, I won't do that. Like, I just, I don't know. To me, mirrors do reflect and they, do, they can hold energy. So yeah, I don't want to mess with that. A broken mirror is seven years bad luck. So as legend has it, When you break a mirror, you're going to be cursed with bad luck for the next seven years. How true is this myth? And how is this curse undone? While it's hard to say how accurate this belief is, it's always better safe than sorry. And since accidents happen and things break, we are human. So potential curse reversal options if you actually break a mirror. So it says here to wait a couple of hours before picking up the broken fragments and take every last bit of mirror and bury it outside in the moonlight. Throw salt over your left shoulder onto the devil himself and take a single piece of the mirror and touch it to a tombstone. So it says that has an immediate effect to it. If you or someone you know is getting married, then it's this is the one for you. A happy couple should stand in front of a mirror together, not only to see how they're going to look, of course, but it's a wedding tradition. So it is said that if a married couple looks into a mirror shortly after they say, I do, they're uniting their souls. When you look into a mirror with somebody, it is said to create an alternate universe where the two souls can live on together forever. Another common wedding tradition is a little more risky, but just as fun. It says breaking glass on your wedding day is a good omen. The shattered pieces of glass represent how many years the couple will stay together. And uh, so it says make sure you put a lot of muscle behind the break. And you see this kind of in different ceremonies where they'll put a like a wine glass into a cup. I mean into a cup. They put a wine cup into like a 
like a, a bag and then the couples will step on it so we, we've seen that um, it does say here that gifting a mirror um, while looking into the mirror after being married brings good fortune gifting a mirror to newlyweds is not the same so in Asian cultures they believe that gifting a new mirror to the couple on their wedding day will bring, bring bad luck it's partially due to symbolism because marriages are supposed to last forever and mirrors are actually very fragile and prone to breaking so it does say you can um, get like if you don't give a glass mirror or like a you know one of those type of mirrors um, do an acrylic mirror instead <laughs> this is another reason is that mirrors can potentially hold bad spirits so um, looking at the, so I'm wondering about like uniting your soul in the alternate dimension like if you get divorced in this dimension do you have to get divorced in your mirror dimension <laughs> mirrors were used to hang up to scare spirits away so brass mirrors were used to hang above idols of china this way if evil spirits were to enter the place of worship they would see the reflection and run away it does not necessarily have to be a mirror and any highly reflective object will do in cambridge in the 1800s men's shoe buckles were found hanging on the walls and it was believed that it was used to ward off evil energy much like the mirrors in china today people still hang mirrors across their front door to reflect away negative energy and protect their home and of course it's called the bagua mirror right <laughs> covering a mirror to trap lost souls once someone has passed away their soul is released from their body and it starts to roam and legend says that if a soul encounters a mirror before the body is buried typically within three days their soul will be trapped in the mirror and it is said to cause mirrors to tarnish or um, to even turn into the image of the deceased People have claimed to see their faces of the dead appear in old antique mirrors. So is this a trapped soul or our minds playing tricks on us? Some of us believe that demons could escape through the mirror to the living world and to prevent a trapped soul, you have to cover your mirror when someone passes. And of course, we know through different cultures, it is customs to cover a mirror after somebody passes away. And according to this article here, covering a mirror after the death of a loved one originated from a Kabbalistic tradition, and I believe it's still practiced in Judaism. They believe that the soul leaves this world, it leaves a void. And so the void allows the spirits to come into the world of the living, bad spirits included. And whenever there's that energy vacuum, there's potential for negative energy to creep in. So following that up, I want to focus on the fact that people can see their relatives in the mirrors. In fact, there's some very famous cases of this. And this is one of my favorite cases, one of my favorite paranormal parapsychology um, type of researchers that has done a lot of work with people um, and the loved ones that have passed and communicating with the loved ones that have passed is the Dr. Raymond Moody. So Dr. Raymond Moody um, was a, a philosopher, psychologist, um, and author, and he wrote books called, um, you know, uh, Life After Life, in which he talked about people communicating with their loved ones. And he also talked about near-death experiences. He famously had a mirror he did experiments on, and it was an object sort of called a psychomantium. And so a psychomantium is a small enclosed area set up with a comfortable chair, dim lighting, and a mirror angled so it does not reflect anything but darkness. 
and it is intended to communicate with spirits of the dead. And I am referencing from uh, Wikipedia and I'm kind of paraphrasing some stuff here. So if you want to read that, I will include that link in the show notes. Here it says the psychomantium was popularized by Raymond Moody, the originator of the term near-death experience. In his 1993 book, Reunions, Visionary Encounters with Departed Loved Ones, Raymond Moody believed that the psychomantium was useful as a tool to resolve grief. The chamber was kept darkened and illuminated only by a candle or a dim light bulb. Subjects would gaze into the reflected darkness, hoping to make contact with spirits of the dead. Moody compared a psychomantium to the Greek uh, necromantium, and it is said to be a form of scrying and also seeing the other side. So one thing I kind of want to describe to you Um, because I've done a little bit of research on how he would do this. And so what would happen was Mr. Moody, he would um, have these different patients in um, therapy with him. So he would talk about the person that maybe they needed to have closure with. You know, he would sit them down and have like a nice counseling session with them. Once he had these sessions, um, he said that he would kind of wait for a little bit of a lull in the conversation and to him that would signal that it was time for the person to enter what he calls the psychomantium. And so again, it would just be a room set up with one mirror in it. The, it would be a really low light and the mirror would be reflecting only like the ceiling or like you know, you wouldn't be able to see a reflection in it. So maybe the mirror would be a little bit of an angle. There would be low lighting. And so you wouldn't see your face in the mirror. And once that would occur, the person would kind of let their eyes like have a soft gaze to them. You know, when you're looking afar, you know, out into the whatever, and you kind of let your eyes relax and just kind of focused on nothing. That was the point where you're supposed to be able to see maybe a deceased relative. And remember that relatives aren't the only things that would come through in some of these cases. I think it's depending on where your mindset and focus is. I actually read a experiment they did in a book called Magic, Mysticism, and the Molecule in which they actually induced a um, the, the beta state of relaxation using ping pong balls. It's like sensory deprivation um, cut in half over their eyes and flashing lights. And so once they did that, they put this poor man in a room with the mirror and uh, he had a really bad um, experience in which he just had, it was just a strange experience. So remember that Um, almost like a bad drug trip, you know, things can come through. And I do think that mirrors, especially when you're focusing um, and you're trying to communicate with something, you've definitely probably opened a portal. (laughs) And so now other things can then come through. So I wonder if he would cover his mirror up when he would be done with each session. Because I definitely think that something can come through um, in the mirror, especially if it's not just a decorative mirror and you use it specifically for like a tool like scrying or um, communicating with a deceased loved one. One last thought to go with that is I had heard from, I can't remember which paranormal researcher, um, but they had possession of Raymond Moody's original mirror that he used for his psychomantium. And when they were transporting it, they had it in their trunk of their car and they actually heard banging and thumping in the back of their car. And so to me, that's a big old nope. I'm not doing that. (laughs) 
for a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.